Welcome to the Grace Avenue Church Podcast, where we believe that the grace of God is yours to live. It is our prayer that this message will help you experience God's freedom, live your potential, and make the impact you were created for. Now here's the message. Well, good morning. Today we are starting a new series called Be of Good Cheer. Christmas is a cheerful time. And uh, man, we just wanted to really focus on the beauty of who Jesus is and the goodness of God in this season and really just come at it in a way where, where we just get reminded of the good things about God. Amen. And so we're going to talk today about the reasons to rejoice. Reasons to rejoice. We all have reasons to rejoice. Um, I want to go to Philippians chapter four. It says rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Paul was making a statement here. He says, rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. In other words, he's not just telling us once to do something. He's really stressing the emphasis here in in the way he structured this phrase for us to do something. And, And we would call this biblically, we would call this an exhortation. He's exhorting us. He's challenging us in a praiseworthy way to really step up and see life through a lens that he's communicating to us. He's exhorting us to see God a certain way. He's exhorting us to see life a certain way. He's exhorting us and he's saying, rejoice in the Lord always. In other words, there's always a time for you to rejoice in God. It's not just when things are going your way. It's not just when things have really turned out good or turned out great. He's saying there's always a time to rejoice in the Lord. Then he stresses it again and says, and I want to say this again, rejoice. It's almost like he's saying, you're not hearing me. I want to make sure you hear me, rejoice, but hear me again, make sure you rejoice. Now, how do we do that? Now, I don't know about you, but I, I, I look through my news feed, and I see the same stuff you see. You know, uh, any, I, I have bills. Does anybody have bills here? Anybody have bills? I got bills, yeah. Yeah. Anybody got jacked up family members that are just ready to come on? It's Christmas time. Come on, let's be honest. You're going to be hanging with them a couple times. Come on. This side of the room is very honest today. These, they're over here. They haven't admitted to bills. They haven't admitted to jacked up family. They haven't said anything. But, but we can find reasons to rejoice. And, and Paul's telling us to, telling us to do this. And, and if, if I think about um, just this, this constant ability to rejoice that I think I've been able to really center on the last, last couple of years, uh, it, it's come at difficult times, but I think I've actually gotten good at it. I really do. I really think for those of you who are maybe newer to Grace Avenue, the last couple of years for my family has been really tough. Um, details about that another time. But let's just say in a nutshell, it's been tough to rejoice. But I've found a way to rejoice. And I've learned how to rejoice. And, and I want to say about, about that that it's been intentional. It's not been by accident. It's been very intentional. There's been a constant comfort in my life. And I've been able to rejoice in two particular things that I think we established at the beginning of the year that really I want to highlight, and that's community and connection. And what I mean by a community is a common unity, not just a social gathering, right? I love to watch a game with people. That's great. That doesn't mean I can bear my soul with them, nor can they with me, right? There's a difference between a community, biblically, that we see in the New Testament. It's a common unity, a common ground, a, a common bond. And that common bond... And community is Jesus Christ. 
the finished work of Jesus, what Jesus has done, what Jesus is doing, what Jesus will do, what he's worked out in my life up to this point, what he's working out continually, what he's going to do. So there's this common unity of not just resting in who Jesus is, but there's the faith aspect. I could talk to Josh from a place of faith and know that, that in his mind and in his spirit, he's not shutting down everything I'm saying. That he's not coming from a place of cynicism or negativity. It's good to have common unity with the people of God. And, and I have also had connection. In other words, it's not just been I'm present, but not I'm here, but not really present. There's actually been connection. In other words, when you plug the phone in, it won't charge unless it's actually plugged in. And it's interesting that that's how the same way it goes with church. <laughs> unless you're plugged into community, there will be no connection. You can, you can sit on a seat for 30 years and still be connected to no one. And really, connection comes down to transparency and intentionality. Sharing your life with someone and someone sharing their life with you. And maybe for some of us today who are like, man, that's just way too personal. I just came to hear a message and hope it, hope it impacts my life. That's a great starting place. That's a great starting place. And that may be a three-month run or a six-month run or a 12-month run. But eventually, you have to be intentional about taking it deeper. Amen. And intentionally, it's like going to the gym and, and getting all your workout clothes on and then showing up and then, like, just watching TV. Like, oh, man, look at that. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this set here. Hang on. A oh, oh, look at that. That game, man. Look at that shot. An hour goes by, and then the next week, hey, I went to the gym last night, man. I was catching the game. And you tell people you went to the gym, but you really didn't go to the gym. And really, it's the same with church. You, you can go to church, but never be the church. You can go to church and never really become the very thing that the community and the connection that God intended for you to be. This wasn't in the first service. I don't know why this is in the second service today. This isn't even in the message, so I'm just going to. But that's been, it's been a constant theme just, just throughout Scripture it is for us to be in community and to be, and to be connected. And I just say that, that that has been for me the greatest blessing of the last challenging couple of years. And, and I'll say it like this. I literally said to Janelle this week, I said, thank God for the people of God. Thank God for the church. With all the stuff that's come against us, thank God for the church. I'm thankful for the home. I'm thankful I get to eat. I'm thankful I have a car. I'm thankful, you know, the bills are paid, et cetera. I'm, like, I'm thankful for all that. I'm, I'm, but I am more thankful than anything for the people of God. Because I can have all of that and not have a common unity or a connection that links me to faith or links me to hope or links me to eternity or links me to hope beyond the difficulty of the season or hope in eternity for something that I've lost. There's a difference between attending and being connected. And, and I'm just thankful for the, the people of God. And, and this gives me reason to rejoice. And this is what we see all throughout Scripture. The constant theme uh, of, of the New Testament of seeing that we should rejoice because of what Jesus has done. Jesus has been born. Jesus has finished the work on the cross. And now because of that, we can rejoice. Let me just read you a few. First Thessalonians 5 verse 16. Rejoice always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. This is God's will. That, that statement used to be taken a lot more serious than it is today. It's God's will for your life. And then people would just kind of be like, you know what? I'm just going to do it. Now it's kind of like up for debate and up for feelings. Obedience is kind of up for feelings. You know, well, I know what it says. I know what God says, but I don't really feel that way. 
So, but, but here he's saying this is, that was a little side morsel for you, a little appetizer called disobedience. That really will un, unravel the good thing of God in your life. There, there's, a, there's a blessing that comes on you with obedience. And he says, this is God's will for you. And he didn't say it's easy, but he says, this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Romans 12, rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. So in other words, celebrate when the Spurs win, rejoice with them. But when the Cowboys lose, weep with those who weep continually year after year. Psalm 118.24, this is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice. Look at that verse. We always, we, we always hear the phrase, I will rejoice. But it's actually saying, let us rejoice. As a community, as the people of God, when we come together to worship, and we, 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 before we hear a message, and we're standing in the presence of God, and words are on the screen, we're singing our hearts out to God, we are rejoicing in the goodness of God. And it's saying, let us rejoice and be glad, be glad in the day that God has made. Not in what's happening in the day, in the fact that God has made the day. And that there's hope beyond today. And that if I'm going through something difficult today, there's always tomorrow. And God will make that day as well. Really, it's a charge to rejoice. This is a theme throughout Scripture. Do we value this theme of rejoicing? There are reasons to rejoice. That's what I'm talking about today. Reasons to rejoice. Here's a few reasons why we don't rejoice. Number one, past disappointments. Past disappointments. If you're like me, you've had some disappointment in life. There's been some ups, but there's been some downs. There's been some victories, but there's been some potholes. There's been some challenges. And, and walking through this is just life. And sometimes I, I kind of wonder if, if people in our church have a, 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 a real understanding that a lot of times it's, it's not always the enemy and it's, it's just life. It's just life. It, it's not... That everything is coming against you. And yes, we know the enemy has plays a part and works, works against us and opposes us and resists us. But, but there are some things that are just life lessons. And a lot of times our disappointment is the disappointment of us watching something that we established as God's plan for our life actually unravel so that God can build his plan for that season. Or for our life. Now, I don't know about you, but I think I have amazing ideas. And most of the time, I just wish God would get behind my great idea and just make it work. Right? Like, Lord, my wife, my wife, you know how she's being right now, Lord. Just, just change her. Okay? You can do it. By the power of Jesus, you can change her. Lord. But then he doesn't do it. And then I have to just, you know, deal with it. Right? And, and, and as funny as that is. A lot of times in human relationships, we're wanting the other person to change. But the truth is, God's wanting to change you. Change how you respond. Change how you live. Teach you to rejoice in the midst of what you're going through. And, and again, past disappointments will keep you from rejoicing. Why? Because when you're thinking about yesterday, you're not rejoicing in today. When you're looking back at what happened and what could have been, might have been, should have been, if you'd only done this, maybe if I'd have made those decisions, I'm telling you, regret can really eat away at your soul and it could eat away at, at that celebratory spirit of choosing and making the choice to rejoice every day see see what we have to understand especially with the generation that i'm talking to right now this is very important you don't have to feel like rejoicing to rejoice you don't have to feel it 
I don't have to feel like praying to pray. I don't have to feel like remaining in faith to remain in faith. I, I don't have to feel like preaching today to preach today. I feel like preaching, but sometimes I don't. I don't have to feel it. Like, it, you know, when we crown our feelings as king, we take Jesus off of the throne as king. And I'm telling you, one of the, one of the best ways you can, you can really saddle yourself for the journey ahead is to let your feelings take a back seat to your faith. And to say, my feelings have a place in my life, but they will not dominate my future. They will not dominate my outlook. They will domi not dominate today. I will rejoice in today. Today is the day that the Lord has made. I will be glad in it, and I will rejoice. I will come into church. I will worship. I don't have to feel like worshiping. I will worship. I will worship because it's God's will that I rejoice in Him. Because when I rejoice, something bigger is happening in me than I can even understand. You know, as I've grown up in church for years, there's, there's been stories. I mean, I could tell you, I could just sit down for all three services and just tell you stories of people's lives. There's just something beautiful about just remaining in the house of God for decades and seeing God's work in people and individuals and families and, and, and just watching people. I was, at, um, I was at lunch with Josh a couple days ago, and I just saw, I saw this guy. I mean, I have a crazy memory, but I, I just saw this guy I hadn't seen in 30 years. I said, oh, man, look at that guy. I remember him 30 years ago. I remember him because of this particular incident that happened. And it's like a marked moment in my life where he really turned to God in a difficult season. I mean, I was like, I was like a kid, you know? And, and still, his example to rejoice in a very difficult season, it, it's still marked in my memory. What I'm saying is you never know who's watching you. When you're going through something difficult, if, if it's all about your feelings, you'll miss moments to impact someone else through your rejoicing. Your rejoicing makes a difference. Three reasons why we don't rejoice. Number one, past disappointments. We're looking at yesterday. We can't rejoice in today. Here's another one. Present difficulties. The fog of what's happening in our life right now. The clouds that come in and cloud out the joy that we can have right now. The joy that we take in our salvation, the joy that we find in our freedom, the joy that we find in the freedom that God's given us, the joy that we have in God's grace that's available for today. All of this stuff can be clouded when we focus on our present difficulties and we choose not to rejoice. Now, what I'm talking about today is not ignoring our pain or ignoring our feelings or ignoring our current circumstances or disappointments or challenges. I'm just saying they can't take front seat in the, in the vehicle. They have to take a backseat to our faith. Another reason is future fears. Future fears about what might happen keep us from rejoicing. Now you think about it. If you live your life according to all your feelings and your feelings tell you that yesterday was a disappointment and yesterday was a failure and because of that today is difficult and today is challenging, which means tomorrow is going to be fearful because I don't know what's going to happen and I don't know where I'm going to land and I don't know where I'm going to be, then you've basically made your past, your present and future your entire guiding force for your life. And there's no room to pray, there's no room for faith, there's no room for God, there's no room to rejoice. There's only what you feel. What you feel about yesterday, what you feel about today, and what you feel might or might not happen tomorrow. I like to say this about the future. God has a good way of doing things that will blow your mind if you give him the opportunity. That he will bless you in ways where you put him to the test because you trusted him. Because you step into a supernatural realm in faith when you trust him. 
a supernatural realm. And if you don't learn to rejoice always, you anchor yourself to your circumstances. You anchor yourself to your feelings. Um, rejoicing is not this. Rejoicing is not uh, just what makes me happy. Rejoicing is not something that can be taken away. Rejoicing is not something that, that can be shaken, right? If the car works, great. If it doesn't and I, I can't rejoice anymore in life, then my joy was found in something that can be taken away. And as people of God, we have to learn to center our joy in who God is, not just who we want him to be in the season. He's all things in the season. But we have to remember he is bigger than the season. He's bigger than what we're going through. He's bigger than any blessing. He's bigger than any difficulty. But we won't find him there if we don't rejoice in his goodness in those times. Rejoicing is a choice. In fact, Scripture says it like this. The kingdom of God is this. If it's summed up, this is what it says. The kingdom of God is righteousness. In other words, our right standing with God. It is peace. The peace I have inwardly because of what Christ has done. And it's joy in the Holy Spirit. Righteousness. My right standing with God. Peace, the peace of God that can't shake me. And a joy, an, an overwhelming joy that comes from not what I'm going through, but who God is. Now, if you think about your life, is your life marked by those things? When you whisper the words Jesus over your life, do you see that in your life? The belief that you have a right standing with God. The peace of God that comes because of that. And the joy that is flowing from your life that impacts other people, that changes your demeanor, that changes your countenance, that impacts the atmosphere of your home. See, if you're coming into the house every day and the atmosphere of your home is something where everybody has to walk on eggshells around you, the joy of the Holy Spirit is not in your home. And it is not in your life. Well, that you know, you don't know what I'm going through. I don't. But I know people that are going through a lot. And I know what I've gone through. And I know that I've made an intentional choice to make sure that my family, and I'm not perfect, but I make an intentional choice to make sure that my home is ruled by the peace of God. Not by the circumstances that are happening to me. Because that could be a roller coaster. Why? Because everybody has problems. Everybody has bills. Everybody has messed up issues. Everybody's car breaks down. It's not just yours. Right? Everybody has someone in their house who can't cook. It's not just yours. Everybody has someone that they're dealing with that they wish they didn't have to deal with. It's not just you. And all of these things happen to take away your focus on rejoicing. He calls us to rejoice. And when you don't rejoice, you get caught up in worry. When you get caught up in worry, you stop getting caught up in wonder, the wonder of Jesus. When you stop getting caught up in the wonder of Jesus, you stop worshiping Jesus. When you stop worshiping Jesus, you stop worshiping, you start worshiping the circumstance, and hope is gone from your life. Because everything's dependent on if this thing works out. It's dependent on if that would have worked out. It's dependent on if this works out now or, or if someday if that works out. And we remove Jesus from the lens that we see through. There's a better way. We have the choice to rejoice. When things were darkest with Janelle a few months ago in the hospital, when things were darkest, I chose to rejoice in worship. Worship is not just a church moment. It's not about the feels on Sunday. Oh, man, did you hear that song? Ooh, and they hit that note. Ooh, and she hit that note. Ooh, man, I got the feels. I got the chills. Did you feel that? The presence of God was in the place. and That may have just been your chills. <laughs> because what really 
marks the difference is whether or not those chills turn into reality on Monday when you hit Monday. And if the presence of God is still operating in your life. Hey, there are marked moments in the presence of God, but the presence of God should take us on to greater things. Greater things. Amen. Come on. Somebody say greater things. God is taking you into greater things. See, worship keeps you focused on who God is, the eternal, the invisible, and the immortal, the king. And this is who Jesus is. Next, next verse, a couple of verses down from that verse about rejoicing always, Paul also says this. He says, and the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. That's the promise of God. He's saying this is available to you and I that the peace of God is, is something that we can walk in. It's something that can guard our heart, something that can guard our mind in Christ Jesus. In Christ, there is, is a resource available for us to be able to walk in that peace and, and, and walk in that ability to have our, our heart and our mind, mind guarded as it's under this constant assault in life. That can be hard. But, 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 but look at a few verses before. Before it's guarded, it comes by way of us learning to rejoice. Learning to rejoice always, not just when we got the bonus, not just when our team wins, not just when things go our way. So here are some reasons to rejoice. Number one, rejoice in what God has done in your life. Rejoice in what God has done in your life. I want to say it one more time. Rejoice in what God has done in your life. If you just gave me the worst news right now about your life in the same sentence could you rejoice in all that God has done in your life see the first thing that we know that God has done in our life is salvation I mean just that alone do we place the highest value possible on God pulling us out of darkness out of deception out of confusion, out of rebellion, out of stupidity, out of bad relationships, out of stupid friendships, out of destructive mindsets, out of self-defeating behaviors. I'm trying to preach good. I hope you're receiving good. He has pulled us out of things that we now have reason to rejoice in. And sometimes I wonder, are we just waiting for the, the, the cupcakes in life when God has already killed the fatted calf for us. He, he's already done the greatest work through salvation and set us free. And we're walking out that journey. And as you continue to get older, you continue to see people that aren't saved, that don't know Jesus, that haven't walked with him. And you're here going on year after year. You're not, you don't have a perfect life, but, but I tell you what, you're not where you used to be. And you're not who you used to be. And you could check on Facebook and find out by your friends that's who you would be. Amen. I don't want to admit that one. But misery loves company. And you'd be miserable. I'll move on. All right. Salvation. David said, I have trusted in your mercy. My heart shall rejoice in your salvation. I have trusted in your mercy. God brought you mercy. And we get the opportunity to trust and rejoice in God's salvation. God, God delivered you from you. Do you ever think about that? He delivered you from you. Now, if that doesn't blow your mind, then I don't think you're being honest about who you are or who you were or who you could have been. But the fact that God delivered me from me is a big deal because I know me. 
And I'm, ga- I'm glad God delivered me from me. And I know some of you too. I'm glad he delivered you from you. What I'm talking about here is rejoicing in redemption. And looking back in the track over my life and following the trail, of, the trail of what God has done and being able to see, look what God redeemed in my mind. Look what God redeemed in my heart. Look what God transformed in my, my, my habits. Look what God redeemed in the way I respond to people. Look what God redeemed in my insecurity. Look what God redeemed in my anger. Look what God redeemed in my bitterness. Look at what God redeemed in the area of unforgiveness. See, if you just start following the crumbs back and you start following the trail back, you'll have a reason to rejoice. Because you could be way back here. There are reasons to rejoice. And, and this is something that I'm asking us to take seriously as a church, to rejoice in what God has done. Here's the second thing. Rejoice in what God is doing through your life. Rejoice in what God is doing through your life. In other words, your life, do you see it as a channel or as a vessel of life and hope? And everything that God is doing in you. Is it just about you inwardly? Or or do you see your life as a shining example, like a city on a hill, shining a light towards others? Like some of us don't really want to shine. We 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 are are more, you know, introverted, or we kind of feel like this is just my 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 walk with God, my my private walk with God, which I, I can understand that that line of thinking, but we have to understand when God saves us, He saves us for the intentional purpose of us being a light to other people. And it's not just behind the scenes work that he's doing just for me and for my life and my family and my finances. There is a story attached to your story. And there's people's lives attached to your salvation. And there's a, there's a future that people are connected to in everything that you're doing. And so we have to almost sometimes remember to broaden our view that beyond our circumstances, there's a reason, there's a reason to rejoice. Because God is using me as an example to some other people. It's kind of like this. No matter what you're going through, let me say it like this and you'll get it. No matter what you're going through, somebody's watching. And somebody's being impacted. You may not like the pressure, but that's reality. On my best day, my family's watching. My church is watching. It's easy to shine on my best day. On my worst day, my church is watching. On my worst day, my daughter's watching. My wife's watching. My leaders are watching. Our staff is watching. On my worst day, they're watching as well. I want to choose to rejoice, not just in the good days, but in the difficult days as well. Ephesians 3.20 says this, God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that's at work within us. In other words, the power to rejoice comes from God, comes from a joy that God has established on the inside. And think about this. When I step up into that joy... Whatever I've been able to ask or think, God can exceed that in making me an example to other people. Look, when, when our, our story got out there and, and, and just kind of made the, made the rounds and was, was going all over the place, the constant thing that just continued to blow my mind was how people perceived me. There's what they read and what they saw. And then you meet somebody in an elevator and says, oh, my gosh, I, I've been, I just saw your story 10 minutes ago. I didn't know you were in this hospital. Oh, wow, I'm so sorry. How is everything? I just want you to know my faith is so inspired by what you're... I haven't even talked to them. I haven't said one word. They're taking the word off of what... Imagine if they really saw my life. Is it going to be the same example? <laughs> I want it to be. What I'm saying is somebody's watching your life that way. And they're not running out there saying, oh, you're this shining example. They're just watching you. 
And God is doing something through your life. And, and I want us to, to build a culture in our life where we learn to rejoice in what God is doing through our life. We can be of good cheer because of this. Look, Jesus could wash feet on death row. Before his crucifixion, he, he found a way to show us that you can serve. I don't know if y'all like that one. Okay, we'll just move on to point three. Rejoice in what he's doing in the life of others. This is our last point. Rejoice in what he's doing in the life of others. Rejoice at what he's doing in the life of others. Rejoice in what he's doing in the life of others. Rejoice in maybe not what's happening for me, but what's happening to someone else. Rejoice that maybe I didn't get the promotion, but they got the promotion. Rejoice that, yeah, maybe my relationship isn't working, but their marriage is strong. Rejoice in the fact that, yeah, I don't have everything I want, but they're doing great and better than they used to be. Rejoice in what God is doing in others. Rejoice in others' progress in God. Rejoice in someone else's salvation. Rejoice in someone else's freedom from addiction, from someone else's freedom from depression rejoice in someone else other than just my own life for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you and I like I'm telling you man when, when I felt like just my life had been put on pause a few months ago it, it just I would walk into my house and there was a monopoly game that uh, Vivian and I had started playing we finally were like hey we got new house let's just let's play this monopoly game we've had it on the shelf forever let's get off the devices let's like play a real board game remember those things the real board games it's like hey we got a monopoly game let's play this and we started it and we went for like a night and I was blowing her out of the water by the way I was collecting everything she was going to be destroyed she doesn't even know it I already had she had park place but I had boardwalk and pretty much every other property around the left and the right of that she was done for and I had houses and hotels I was like you're destroyed. I'm going to destroy you. Anyways, that's, that's just to let you know, if you play me a Monopoly, I will destroy you. And I remember, like, after a month coming back, and you guys threw the incredible uh, shower for my wife, and she was still, still out of it. The shower for the baby. And I remember coming into the house, and I felt like my life had put on, been put on pause because that game was still there. We'd never gotten back to it. And I remember thinking, man, this, this, is, this is a strange feeling to feel like, like somebody hit the pause button on my life. I still have my wife. I still have my daughter, but I have to. I have to understand the reality of the moment. It's, it's not where I want it to be. But I'm going to choose to rejoice. I'm going to choose to worship. And I'm telling you, it is possible to make the choice to rejoice. Even when it feels like things in your life have been put on pause, you can make the choice. God is for you. We can be of good cheer because of what he's doing in the lives of other people around us. Amen. Come on, let's pray. If you would like the most up-to-date information about Grace Avenue Church, or you are looking for a way to support this ministry, please visit us online at graceavenuechurch.com. Thanks for listening.